not a scientist, I'm not an expert in footballs, I'm not an expert in football measurements. Well, I can't hear your sounders, by the way. I know. I just saw that. And my sounders aren't working, so. <laughs> not not going to be a lot of sounders tonight. Are we live yet? Is yeah, I'm live. Okay, great. We're live. The Fantasy Millionaires are live. What a start, man. You look good. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little aroused right now. Thank you. That's what I like to do. Well, I like to just get people, you know feeling you know excited now you get me hyped yeah get get excited to see me you know i mean i gotta tell you i came to a house party once that you were at you know a while ago many years ago in the olden days uh it was a lot of guys a lot of bros you know there was a there was a push-up bro who was there who was flexing his push-up might and uh i watched you like kill a beer like eat like like the world's hottest something i don't know like a hot spicy you know sausage something somebody gave you you ate it you drank your beer you went out there and you did like 70 push-ups in in like a short amount of time and you stood up and you were just like ah the whole house i mean i was there for 10 minutes and the whole house was electric so you know that's the energy you bring and uh i'm glad that you're here tonight i can bang those push-ups out dude i still can you can you yeah can kill i got i got i got push-up muscles dude you get the, yeah, man, you, you got them. Um, so welcome everybody. Um, episode two. Hot topics. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought tonight we'd get into, uh, you know, governments mandating vaccines. Um, I wanted to get I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Oprah's recent comments on white privilege. Um, then I thought we'd dive right into Epstein's Island. Um, I mean, speaking of Bobby Silvestri, we could also touch on that. Bobby Sylvester talk and then, uh, maybe wrap it up with some, just some history on MK ultra. You're speaking my language, but, but maybe I don't want to hemorrhage, you know, the audience. So. Let's tuck into round two. Put a um, pin in that. You want to put a pin in it? Put a little pin and then we'll pivot. Okay. Let's I have back. Epstein's flight logs, though, if you want me to. You know what? That might be a great uh, pivot to three tweets when we jump into that. So, you know, all Epstein all the time. Three we tweets. could put that on the website, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I mean, he didn't, he didn't kill himself. So, you know, it needs to be known. People want to know. People need to know. People need to know. Yeah. So, yeah, tonight is rounds two through three. Um, and this is for a, a snake draft. That's that's the strategy we're talking tonight. Um, starting 10. Uh, in our league, we do two running backs, two wide receivers, and two flexes, which is a little and, bit. And the tight end. Yeah, the flexes are rbs wide receivers and tight ends so you and, and you of course you do the tight end quarterback it's 10 defense kicker um so yeah we, we you know before we get into kind of like where we're picking i thought you know um we're gonna be you know 
doing, you know, I think our rounds two through three picks are um, kind of a blend between ADP and expert consensus rankings. Um, so, you know, value-based drafting is, you know, it's the key to winning your leagues. You, you, you have to find value. So, you know, round one is completely different. We were just making our case for the studs. And now the strategy begins, you know, um, you're trying to form Voltron, you know, with your team. So, yeah. And, and depending on that first pick, whether or not you win RB or wide receiver, it's going to really inform the next decision that you make coming around the bend in round two. So I think what we're, we're going to try to avoid just saying, I like this guy better than that guy. This I think what we want to do is we want to help you figure out when you're drafting, how you're thinking about building that best squad depending on each pick each pick changes your team and sets you in a different direction uh you know especially if you're doing something like zero rb you you go wide receiver wide receiver tight end wide receiver you, you you're, you're changing the game so we really do want to talk about how we um assess value dependent though on your strategy yeah and i'm just gonna say it right now uh i don't i don't get this zero rb thing it, it's like to still I, I get it if maybe you're in a keeper league and you get you know like you have a stud wide receiver like i have a league where i have deandre hopkins every year um i've done zero rb in that but you still gotta get a great rb you know so it doesn't I think the zero RB moniker would, would would you know pertain to the first five six rounds. Right. Um, I think you know even this year I've seen some modified uh, zero RB come out. Uh, you know, Pete Overzet, Danny Carter, kind of both have said, all right, listen, you do need to have a stud up front if you're gonna, you know, be in the first you know couple picks. You need to get McCaffrey or Saquon or um, you know Zeke or whatever. You you do need a stud, and then after that you can kind of build your lineup. So. For the Scott Fishbowl 10 this year, I, I went modified zero RB. I'll give you my lineup. Uh, first pick was Zeke in, in the sixth spot. I went Zeke. Uh, coming back around, I went Julio Jones. Then I went Matt Ryan. I wanted to do a little you know, stack attack, which I love to do. Uh, I didn't know Calvin Ridley would be around in the fourth. If I would have known that, I probably would have gone Tyree Kill instead of if Julio, but I got Calvin Ridley. So I'm all Atlanta. So in that, in that first four pick, I've already kind of set my, my strategy. You know, I've tagged my team. I know the team I'm, I'm really gunning for this year, I'm believing in, it's the Falcons. Uh, I think a lot of models show that, that the, the Falcons are a team that is going to score a lot of points this year, and they're going to have a lot of high-volume offense, like a lot of teams are. Um, and so I'm guessing I could have got better value, but that changed how I approached the rest of the, the draft. And uh, later on in the draft, I had the chance to go Mike Evans, which I did at five. And then at six, I went uh, DK Metcalf. So I didn't get my running backs until I got Kareem Hunt, my second running back until I got Kareem Hunt. Um, but then, I, you know, I have Kareem Hunt, I have Tariq Cohen, uh, I've got Boston Scott. So I, I have a bunch of PPR running backs that are going to get cut, you know, touches. I got Tony Pollard to kind of back up Zeke. I'm not a big handcuff guy, but when you get that value up front of, of Zeke, you, you don't want to lose that. So, you know, if something does happen to him, I'm sure Tony Pollard will pick up some of those pieces uh, in the end. So yeah. you got to pair it with, with, with a, a strategy that's going to give you the optimal points that you talked about last week, getting that 2,000 marker you know, in 1900, whatever it is in your league, that's going to win you. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, value-based drafting is, you know, it's, 
you're you're looking at ADP and you're also looking at basically, you know, kind of the average per game. You know, uh, we talked about in episode one how, you know, in our league, you know, the playoff threshold is 2,000 points. If you make 2,000 points, you know, last year the champ had 2,200 points. You know, you're, you're trying to build a team that – uh, gets past that threshold, you know? And so, um, you know, value-based drafting is getting into where are you going to, um, you know, which player is going to, you know, make up more points than other players, average players at that position. So, um, you know, that's that's why Lamar is, you know, everybody's after him. Kelsey, everybody's after him. You know, Kelsey, somebody that, um, you know, he, he's, he's averaging like 16 points a game, you know, whereas other tight ends are like 12, sub 12, you know. So that's a, that's a nice uh, bit of number week to week that's going to help you, uh, you know, get that W. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great way to segue into uh, kind of where we've been and what we want to frame the next, you know, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes around as we look at these players. We, we don't want you just to think of them as this guy's better than this this player or this player. Um, I think all of these players are good picks if they fall to you at certain values. You don't want to reach for certain players uh, that don't have upside. And we'll talk about that as we kind of go through why we have players ranked where we have them. And I, I mean, I don't know how you do this. Um, I try to do um, everybody has a little bit of juice who's in the first couple rounds. I, I, if, if they're projected, if their projection goes six TDs, I might bump them up to seven because uh, I believe in them. They're kind of my guys. And so yeah. we'll talk about who, who the guys you think are going to kind of outscore, you know, the average projection or, or they're, you know, um, you know who are going to get more touches than maybe are expected in the offenses this year. So uh, let's dive right into round two. And I'm going to pull this up. If you're if you're watching on the Millionaires YouTube channel, that's where I'm at right now. And if you're on Periscope, uh, you're on the, F, the, the the FF Millionaires on Twitter uh, with my man, uh, Mr. Michael Collins. So I'm going to grab this, and I think we're both going to share our screens in just a second. Perfect. Yeah, I got okay. you on there. Yeah. So... Uh- so I think the first thing we want to do is we, we just want to touch on the players who we had ranked in the first round on, you know, on opposite sides. By the way, if you don't know already, if you haven't read the bios uh, on our website, which, you know, shame on you for not because we put, you know, a good six, seven minutes into that, you know, that work. So but anyway, cash uh, and stacks. Mike is cash. Cash and stacks. And cash and stacks. I'm stacks. Yeah. So, um you know, we, the first round picks are up right now. You can kind of see where we came from. We all, we, we the first five, we were simpatico, veered off. You know, I went Deon, uh, Devontae Adams, he went Dalvin Cook, and then from there we kind of went back and forth. A couple different guys that Mike has that I don't have. So let's start with you. Um, in your 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 first pick, and uh, excuse the graphic, I definitely messed up on that one. Uh, but your first pick in the second round, you have Austin Eckler. I have Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, state your case uh, for Austin Eckler over Miles Sanders in PPR format, 12-team, 16-round draft. So I, I have Austin Eckler probably, you know, a little ahead of his ADP, a little ahead of, you know, ECR, the expert consensus rankings. Um, 
you know, I have him as, as you know, my eighth back off the board. So uh, I, 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 I like what I see from the guy. What can I say? I think people are worried about Tyrod Taylor stepping in and taking control of that offense uh, and that, you know, Phillip Rivers was so flat-footed that he was always looking to dump off the ball. So people are thinking that there's going to be, you know, less targets, less receptions. I'm sure there'll, there'll be some regression. But again, this is a big play guy. So I, I, I he's, he's, he's the number one back. I, I'm, I'm picking RB ones, um, that I know are going to have a lot of volume, and he doesn't need to catch the ball to get volume. Um, and he showed it last year, you know, as the, you know, three down back while Melvin Gordon was not playing. So to me, Austin Eckler is somebody, you know, that again, you, when you're drafting, um, you know, the, these are all studs in these rounds. So, um, he's somebody that I'm willing to pull the trigger on early. Yeah. Well, you know, I, we're, we're kind of differing here by, by, you know, inches, not feet. Uh, I have him as my, my RB seven, you know, cresting the 300 point mark, uh, this year, uh, in our league, you might get a few more points. We get, we get some bonuses for 40 yard, 50 yard touchdowns. Right. Uh, also we get bonuses for over hundred yards over, you know, 200 yards, stuff like that. So there might be some bonuses involved uh, there, but around 300, I got about 304. Um, and that's even using this. Is, this is Kyle Yates, tool, by the way, I'm, I'm up on the YouTube right now. Uh, uh, this is his projections tool. I actually have him undervalued according to Kyle's, uh, projections he has him for two more touchdowns receiving than i have i'm for two uh i'm for nine total touchdowns kyle has his, his projection at 11 so um you know I, I think there's tremendous value there i do i agree uh, i think he's going to get a ton of targets you know i have him for 99 targets so almost 100 targets this year uh and at his clip he catches the ball at an uh, above 80 percent rate which is uh I've, I've been doing my projections i did all my projections for all my uh, teams the last couple days, last couple weeks, and uh, he stood out as one of the best receiving ba uh, running backs by far. Uh, yeah. Above eighty percent is is killer. You want that? Saquon Barkley is in that range. There's other guys in that range who who are in the RB one conversation we talked about uh, last week. So, I'm not going to fault you. Uh, I'm just going to say I think Miles Sanders uh, outscores Austin Echo this year, and I'm willing to put a thousand on it against you. And uh, if you're up for it, let's let's put, let's get the bet board uh, rolling up. You know. I'll take it. You take it. I'll take right. it. I'll take it. Uh, I like Miles Sanders. I mean, he's you know a few picks after him, but we're gonna we're gonna have some bets. So um, you know, I, I'm I'm buying Eckler, and so I'll put I'll put a G. Um, you know, ultimately my decision came down to a picture of him shirtless. Oh, um, of course. That's how. It, yeah. It, was it was it with my head on it or his head on my body? Did you no, see that? no, no. He's just flexing, bro. He's oh, out there yeah. just, you know, just got done working out, and um, you know, that factored in. I just I saw him. I saw his, you know, this the sun was out and his guns were out, and uh, I think he's gonna have a bomb year. I, I agree with you there. Uh, I'm gonna go Miles Sanders. I think the reason I'm gonna go Miles Sanders is. Um, the 
RB1, Doug Peterson, has never existed. We, we've never really seen that. And people have always kind of been skeptical. You know, he's been an RBC or an R running back by committee guy for a long time. Um, but I think he came out and, and made some statements that are in, in the direction uh, that you want to hear if you're a Miles Sanders owner, that he's going to get a lot of volume. So, I, you know, I have him uh, projected for around 85 targets this year. I have him uh, also projected for increasing from last year he had um, – 200 and he had 180 or 179 attempts. I have him for 280 this year. I, I, I really do think he's going to be the workhorse there. Uh, he followed Saquon at, at Penn State and he was electric. Uh, I think he's always kind of been in his shadow. And I think this year he's going to be an RB1 for sure. We know, I mean, I think that, I think he has a great chance to be a top six RB. So I actually have him uh, right up there uh, with some of those other guys like, you know, CEH and, and uh, Dalvin Cook. I wouldn't be surprised if he's right there with him at the end. Yeah. No, I, uh, I'm. He's definitely worth uh, second round money. You know, one of the things I was just looking at is, um, and this goes back to the value based drafting thing. You know, uh, especially in PPR. You know, guys that are going to catch the ball. Um, we, you have six running backs in the second round. I have seven. You know, because there's a shelf. You know, right? And, there's a tier. Yeah, and. Um, you know, when I was building my rankings, one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about is like who I think are, you know, tier one backs in these, you know, second and third rounds and tier two backs. Because, you know, a tier one back to me is is somebody who's going to get, you know, hopefully 18 points per game. Yeah. Um, you know, a tier two is kind of in that 16 range. And I think when you're looking at tier two backs, you have to kind of consider your team. You know, it's like it's not just like, all right, it's a stud. It, I mean, they are studs, but you have to kind of consider who they're, you know, who, who are you pairing these guys with? You know, it, it it sort of bends your strategy a little bit. Whereas I think, you know, the guys I have in my tier one are um, they're you just get them, you know, it doesn't matter if you have an RB or you drafted, I had five, what did I have in the first round? I had five wide receivers in the first round. So, um, you know, whether you have an RB or uh, a wide receiver, it doesn't matter. You can pick these guys. So, um, and Miles Sanders for me is in that, you know, he's tier one to me. So, yeah. um, and, and, and that's, I mean, you can see it on the website. That's kind of how, you know, when you're looking at round two, um, you know, CEH, you know, I, I'm buying the hype. Um, to me, um, I, I think Leonard Fournette is somebody, again, that I'm probably going a little ahead of ADP. Um, and... You know, I think expert consensus as well. Um, I just, I think the dude is going to ball out. I don't see why he's not. And I think at the end of the day, if you, if you can get a back that's going to, you know, his ceiling is plus 300. Um, now, if you've got two guys in your first two rounds that are plus 300, you're, you know, you got you you got the beginnings of of Voltron 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, this is one of the picks that I'm about around late on this guy than you are, which is a, it's just one of our differences. Um, right. I'm late on Joe Mixon uh, as well. Just a couple you know, different things where we're, you know, we think differently, which is great. Um, Here's the thing that gets me about Leonard Fournette, and, and I I can't look past this. Is that you 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 can't depend on touchdowns for him in that offense right now. You can't. Uh, his touchdowns from 2017 uh, were nine. He had nine. Uh, and in 2018 he had five. 2019 he had three. Uh, okay, receiving touchdowns. One in 2017. One in 2018. Zero in 2019. He had three touchdowns last year. So. I mean, you're hoping there's some touchdown regression, you know, regression or whatever progression <laughs> away from that. He's going to get right. some more touchdowns, but uh, that's that's a little concerning in that offense. Um, Gardner Minshew going in there, he, he did an okay job last year. It's his offense this year. We'll see how it goes. Um, one more problem for for me for Fournette. These are his yards per carry average, and you're going to barf when you hear him. Uh, 3.9. Okay, whatever. He's a rookie. Uh, 3.3 in 2018, and then last year he improved. He did 4.3. So uh, you know they're not the the worst. 4.3 isn't the worst, but just overall, he to me he hasn't shown consistency. You know where you have other guys in that range who are running at a 4.7, 4.8. I'll take that because you know if they get the same amount of volume, then they're going to get more points. So that that's where my head's kind of at with with him. And I think the narrative that has been gone around, you know, floating around Twitter is they're going to run him into the ground. Um, you know, because he's on his last year of his contract, they're not renewing his contract. He, he, he's not getting a fifth year option. This is it for him. You know, he's going to have to sign somewhere else. So they're going to use him up, which I, I, okay. But Jake Rudin loves to throw the ball to Chris Thompson. That's like one of his favorite things. He's like, Hey, Chris Thompson, do you want to go break your leg this week? I'm going to throw you the ball like nine times and I'm going to throw it to you in the middle of the field with linebackers. What do you think of that? He so, had he had 76 receptions last year, though. I know he did. But so it's not I, I like just, he can't Jay catch. Gruden, well, Jay Gruden's offense is different. And and so we, we, we've we been around his offense in Washington. It doesn't have a feature back the way. And maybe it will. Uh, and maybe just because you, you have different players, you do adapt to the players you have. And, and, and I think Jay Gruden's not an idiot. He was an NFL head coach. You know, I mean, he's done some stupid things. But um, – I just don't trust him. I, I, that's my problem with him is is if he's available in the third round, I will snatch him up to have you know my RB2, uh, but I'm not going to reach for him in the second. I think I can get better value uh, with somebody else like an Austin Eckler, you know, in, in that same spot. So so that's that's another reason why I'm I'm high on him is because he only had three touchdowns last year and right. that offense was in shambles throughout the year. And now they have a clear-cut quarterback, and he had three touchdowns last year. And in our league, he finished eighth. So, yeah, it's a lot. Of, that's a lot of touches. And I think that the last year, I remember the fancy footballers were like, if Fournette actually gets you know these targets along with his touches, he's going to be a, a monster. He's going to be a top ten back. I just don't see the targets being there this year. I, I feel like it's going to be a little different. So we'll see. I think that's just that's. That's where we, we no, differ. No, no, no. It's a good. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a new. It's a new offense. But again, he had a hundred targets last year, so it's not like you're not. He, he, this isn't a running back. I'm not worried about Chris Thompson. I'll just put it real clean. He, no, he, I know. It's he, not even a Chris. It's it is. He just likes to throw the. He likes to have more than one running back. He likes to have like a scat back, a third down back. I just see Fournette coming off the field, whether it's for uh, you know, recall Armstead or whoever. I just see him coming off. Uh, on third down, 
more often than not uh, as the workhorse back. He's the goal line back. He should get more goal line carries for sure this year. You're right. So you know maybe we meet in the middle and he's a a good pick in the end of the second round. Um, but I just can't pick him that early in the in the second round. And I mean it's not just me. Fantasy Pros has him at pick 38 as the consensus RB 16. So. You know, you have jumped ahead a little bit with him, Definitely. but that's your guy. You know, you made the call. It's okay. I'm, 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 I'm predicting a high ceiling for him. So, I, I've got my own guy that we'll talk about in, in round three that you know isn't even on your list. So, yeah, obviously that means your list is wrong. So <laughs> we'll get, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, basically, I wanted to just put in that you know the the, the guys I'm putting in my tier one are Fournette, Jacobs, Eckler. Drake, Sanders, and CEH, because I think they're all guys that are right around that, you know, they all have 300 plus point ceilings. And, you know, depending on who you drafted in the first round, it doesn't matter. You know, if you have a guy that's going to get you 300 points, you get him on your fantasy football team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and, uh, the way that fantasy pros breaks it down is that they have your boy Joe Mixon. And uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, along with Kenyon Drake, who we both are high on. You know, we both have Kenyon Drake up there in the top 15, top 16. So we, do, we both do like Kenyon Drake. Um, he's in that tier as well. They have him up there. Um, and then to start the next tier, they have Austin Eckler, uh, Miles Sanders, uh, and then some other guys that we have kind of in our second tier in that round. Uh, you know, in, uh, and maybe even later for you in the, in the later rounds with uh, Nick Chubb and, and other uh, players. They have Josh Jacobs in that tier as well. Uh, as well as Todd Gurley. So, well, you know, we have differences in the running backs. And I think that's where you're going to find those values in where people start to veer off the, the you know, we said the industry nine last time or the consensus nine or right. whatever it was. Uh, now, now we're in kind of where you think the offenses are going to be successful this year and, and where that value is going to be. Um, yeah, I mean, it's complicated to get a, a perfect consensus for this stuff, but you know, I, I, I basically just was wanting to highlight the guys that I'm basically upgrading or downgrading. You know, uh, Fournette was one. Um, Eckler is one. Um, so that those are my round two guys that I think I'm kind of. Oh, and Gurley. I, I, I'm I'm all about Todd Gurley this year, dude. I, I, I think he is. uh He's 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 kind of a third round back, um, you know. If you're looking at ADP, um, I'm bumping him into the second round. I think, uh, I just I don't see why they signed him to a uh, you know uh, one year five point five million dollar deal, and they are basically incentivizing him. I think it was a thousand yards and 13 touchdowns, something like that, either or. Um, and if you look at him last year where, you know, he just kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. I, 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 everyone, the, 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 the whole year, they were just worried about saving his knee and they didn't use him. And then if you look at it, he had like 50 less carries, you know, Um, you know, less targets, less everything than he's had in the previous two years. That's not going to happen in Atlanta. 
You know, they're 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 gonna feed that dude, and he's not worried about his knee. He's already he's already accepted that he's not gonna walk well in his fifties. He's going for that extra money this year. So, yeah, I'm 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 bringing Gurley into the second round. You know, uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. I I do like him um, in my rankings. Uh, tool that I use that, that my man Kyle Yates has uh, graciously shared with the industry. Uh, you know, I have him as RB nine, so I'm not going to disagree. I, I just a lot of these guys I kind of want to pick up in the third round, and I, I think that is for me my goal is that I'm not going to grab Todd Gurley in the second, but I'm head hunting him in the third like a mofo. You know, I, I'm looking for those guys who are going to fall or or the guys who you who you value. So for me. The, the rankings is almost like um, a cheat sheet that I'm hoping these guys fall uh, later in the draft so I don't have to reach for them. Uh, it all depends on where you pick, especially if you're on the godforsaken ends. Don't let me get me started about that. Everybody knows I just loathe the ends. If you're not going to pick for 22 picks, you might have to snag Gurley a little early. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. That was not planned. Um, but it might, it might have to be the case. Uh, but if Gurley falls to me in the middle of the third round or the end of the third round, like I'm doing jumping jacks, you know, because that guy does have the potential to be an RB1 for you. Uh, he was the RB1 twice. And when we played against each other to get to the championship a couple years ago in our league of record, he scored like 70 points against me. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought I was going to win. I had Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt scored like 50 points. I thought no one's going to beat me. Yeah, Todd Gurley scored 70 points. So uh, he, he does have that in him. And I think you're right. About that, so I do like Todd Gurley. Uh, he's I have him later on in my rankings in the third round, but it it's more because I'm trying to hide him. I I, I think there's value to be had uh, for him later there. Did you like your Gurley early joke? No, no, it was un, it was unintentional. I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> that hey, I can you, hear your sounders again. That's did great. That make you laugh. <laughs> yeah. Gurley early. I got Gurley early for sure. You, you for sure. My nizzle, you do. Um, yeah, and, and so again, you know, these are, uh, you know, I think ultimately at the end of the day, um, you know, you're you're when you're drafting, you're picking, uh, you know, where you where do you think that they're going to end up? And I think early is going to have, I think he's going to get his bonuses. So yeah. Um, so, so to me, he's a tier two guy. I put him in my tier two as far as backs. But one of the things I love about him is I don't think it matters. I think he, I think he has RB one potential. So I don't think it matters. Like, you know, if you got, uh, you know, Michael Thomas in the first round, yeah. you know, yeah, then I think Gurley is. A, you, you know, a great option. And I think any of the guys, no, yeah, it's, a good, it's a good pairing. Yeah. 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 And I think any of the other guys that I named would do well too. Uh, if you drafted a wide receiver in the first round, I think, but once you start getting into the tier two guys, now you got to start thinking about, okay, this is more of like a safer pick. Um, you know, or, you know, if you're talking wide receivers, sort of the same thing, like, uh, tier ones, I think, um, you know, y- you can, y- 
you can kind of be a little bit less worried about who you've drafted before them. Whereas tier two, I think with wide receivers, you got to look at, you know, now putting together a little squad at wide receiver and your tier two guys. So, um, so, so, so let me ask you a question and I know it, it all kind of depends on, on what's happening, but you are the fourth pick in our league of record. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the 11th for now and I'm, you know, pining to get into the middle somewhere, but let's say that, you know, let's say I get to be the seventh pick and it comes back around to me. I'm not going to get girly. Right, I'm not. I'm just not gonna get him. I get somebody else. Um, you, you can. You're gonna go. Maybe go for Gurley at that. You know, 209 spot. He probably will be there. You know, on your rankings, you have him at 210. So he's right there in your wheelhouse. Right. Um, I, I would just argue, and I doesn't. I don't know. The, I mean, maybe look at the draft and the guys that are in in front of you and kind of what they do. But I almost think you could get him coming back at 304. I really do. You know, and I'm not gonna tell you to wait on him. Get your guys. You know, don't listen to me. But I think he is one of those guys, though. If you could get Mike Thomas, and then you could get, you know, Travis Kelsey, and then you could get Todd Gurley, there you're talking about value at every single position that is going to be a solid RB one or a wide receiver one uh, or tight end one that's, that's going to be better. It's going to outscore the other company. So I, I'm saying I love Gurley, but I just love him at that 304 a little bit more. So let's say I, I have Derrick Henry as my first pick. You know, Michael Thomas goes third. Right. I, I, I would love to. I would love to have Derrick Henry and Gurley as my starting two, and then I can come back and get somebody maybe like Amari Cooper or yeah. Robinson. Um, Great. Yeah. Galladay maybe. Um, yeah. Or maybe even a Mike Evans. You know, you have Mike Evans uh, at the end of the second round. I have Mike Evans two picks later at the beginning of the third. He he is to me. He's the Chris Godwin of the two this year. Yeah. You know, I think he has more upside than Godwin does. So do I. Uh, yeah. I see. I see Godwin's uh, average. Uh, you know, the 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 arm that Brady has for the long balls are not going to be going to Godwin, and, and his depth of target is going to be a little bit, you know, shorter than Jameis. Jameis just flings it. You know, Tom doesn't. We've watched Tom in New England. He likes to hit those little short guys across the middle for the eight-yard passes, and that's going to bring down Godwin's, you know, average, um, you know, um, yards per reception for sure. You know, he's, gonna, he's in the 13-14 range. Maybe this year he's in the 12 range or maybe 11-9 or something because – Brady's just a different, you know, different way he does it. So he, maybe the yak comes back, and, and he does have some great yak, by the way. Um, he, he ran through a couple teams last year just, you know, catching the ball and going 67 yards for touchdown. So he's got that breakaway speed too. But I think Mike Evans is, is kind of a steal between those two guys this year. Yeah. Yeah, I um, – so when I was going through my second round, um, I put Lamar in there. I put Mahomes. And uh, I put them back to back because I think I personally am betting on Lamar, but I think Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are, you know, sort of like Saquon and CMC. I think they're both going to have just amazing years, you know. Yeah. Um, so you're going to give Lamar the edge just because of the rushing. But, um, you know, most of the experts have Mahomes having the, the bigger year, you know. Um, yeah. I I put them back to back and then I went and put Godwin and Evans back to back because I think it's a toss up 
you, yeah. we don't know. We don't know. And I think um, they're both good good options. I think Evans is – he's just shown it doesn't matter. You know, he's going to be, you know, in that – he's going to be that – he's going to be that tier one guy that potentially gets you, you know, 18 points a game, you know, yeah, or more, you know, um, I think last hey, I'm going to, I'm going to back you up on that. I think Mike Evans has a great chance to be, you know, I mean, I think Michael Thomas is the, is the wide receiver one, but he, out of anybody who's outside of, you know, that top group of, of first two tiers or at the, the tail end of the second tier, I think he's got the best chance, yeah. uh, he is, uh, as Pete Overzet would say, a grown ass man. He's a grown uh, ass man, dude. He he, he hot uh, he's points a- it. Um, you know, uh, pretty sure the NFL players had him ranked ahead of Godwin, uh, as they should. I think he's a yeah. much better wide receiver. It's just fantasy. Uh, but just- last year in our league, he was, you know, right around 19 points per game. So yeah, yeah I mean, the, that's that's you know. I mean, if you if you got Mike Evans, you know, you, you, you've got yourself a solid wide receiver one and you have a little bit more flexibility, I think, with your next pick. So, yeah, um, I have his stats pulled up here on the uh, on the old YouTubers and you're going to love his yards per reception the last two years. 17.7 in 2018 and 17.3 in 2019. That is to die for, folks. That is, I believe, the 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 the, the largest yards per reception uh, with with over a thousand yards in both seasons. One of the seasons he had 1,500 yards, uh, over you know eight touchdowns back to back years. This guy is gonna get you what you need. I, I'm, I'm not going to say stack attack both guys, but if you can get Godwin and Evans on your team and you get a stud sure. uh, running back in the first round, you, you can somehow pull off the old CMC. You know, maybe you can't get CMC and Godwin, but, you know, if you can pull off like Zeke or Dalvin Cook, Godwin, and then Evans coming around, you know, just mail in the championship to that guy. So, I mean, maybe not. But I, Here's the thing why I've, I devalued them. You know, or like, or like, why they're ADP. I'm. I think Brady will be great. Yeah. For the first eight games, you know. Oh no. I think he'll. I think he'll come out. You know, hot in Sizzle. the first four games. You know. Yeah. Um, but I think as the season wears on, I just I am not buying Tom Brady. As yeah, I mean, we so those illegal workouts he's been doing where he looks all gaunt. <laughs> he looks thin. old, man. I've seen a picture the other day and he really like it. I don't know if it was a uh, photoshopped. I mean, yeah, it might no, have been the same one TB, where he looks gaunt. TB12, baby. TB12. It's his brand. It's his lifestyle. Yeah, it, it, he does going to be strawberry 13 uh, is what he's going to uh, be. It's against, it's against the, the laws of TB12. Uh, I ate some strawberries today. They were great. So I don't know, man. That's weird. TB12 is going to be QB14. That's what he's going to be. Wow, it burns. Oh, it burns. Well, that means that one of those wide receivers is is disappointing. So don't pick the wrong one uh, and don't have any strawberries. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I I, I like where where your head's at in in these rounds. We differ on a few picks. One one of the major picks, though, we, we did differ on that I, I want to touch on briefly is Joe Mixon. Uh, 
you know, I, I do like Joe Burrow this year as a sleeper quarterback. You can kind of maybe pick up as your as your second quarterback if you're one of those guys who <laughs> keeps two quarterbacks on their team. I think he's a great wa- waiver wire pickup in the first couple weeks after he blows up. If you're playing DFS, uh, yeah, definitely a great value play the first couple weeks when we don't know what's going to happen and, and A.J. Green's live, uh, you know. So anyway, but I, I just – I don't see uh, Mixon – He's he's great. I know you love him. He's great. Love I just I can't, I can't see him in that offense getting double digit touchdown you know uh, rushes. I can't see. It. That's what he needs to do to be in the in the RB one first round for me. And so he he kind of drops in, in my rankings uh, down into the middle of the second round. But still, I still like him. I mean, if I get him at, at two oh seven or two oh six, I'm happy. I'm I'm elated. Dude, um, yeah. Last but, year when. All they had was him, and the only thing that a defense had to do was stop him. They they did, yeah. But it's a completely and that was only for I don't know the first like quarter of the season. You know, if you go back and look at his game log last year, by the end of the season, he really reemerged as you know a great DFS play. Um, yeah, he was and. I don't see how I, – I mean, I'm not expecting Joe Burrow to just light the world on fire, but I I bet he's rookie of the year, and I bet with the weapons that they have, that offense is going to be just tiers above what it was last year. And he's, he's a workhorse back. He's a three-down back, you know. I think that in these first three rounds, you know, we're looking at backs that are three down backs, you know. So, um, but yeah, I don't know if you want to kind of move towards round three a little bit because we haven't really gotten there. Yeah, well, you know, I think one one thing I wanted to touch on that, that, you know, we differ on in round two and it can bleed into round three is the tight end situation. Uh, you know, I actually have George Kittle ranked above Travis Kelsey this year and, uh, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit wild because the consensus is Kelsey's number one, but I really, really, really like Kittle. His catch rate is up above the 70%, 75, 80% rate. He catches everything. He is a monster. He goes out there and he drives joy out of putting you on your ass and talking some mad ass to you. Yeah. Uh, I love it. He, he, he is what I want to be in whatever profession I'm in. You know, I want to get kiddled. So yeah. I, I do think he has one of his best seasons this year. I think the 49ers are really good again. I think they win, you know, 10, 11 games. And I think Kittle gets double-digit touchdowns, which would be a first for him. It would be. But I think he's the man-child to do it this year. So I have him ranked in uh, – in, in the early second round, I have him at 205, and I think he's a great variance play in these leagues where if you can get him, your value uh, over the next guy, maybe not the, the, the Kelsey owner, but uh, the next couple guys, you're, you're going to have value to, to, to spare in these matchups. You're going to be getting five, six points a game on your, on your comp in the tight end position. So I, I do love him. You have him in, in the beginning of the third round and the third pick. So you, you like him, but you do have Travis Kelsey ranked ahead of him. Uh, tell me what your thoughts are about that. So um, I love George Kittle. I bet last year somebody $50 that he'd beat Travis Kelsey. And they duked it out, but Kelsey won. Um, yeah. I I just I think that Kelsey, until he's dethroned, uh, I'm going to 
you know, I, I, I tend to stick with, uh, you know, who, who's, who's shown again and again. Um, but I, yeah, you can see, I have Kittle right there, you know? Um, and you know, I mean, the guy invented national tight ends day, you know? So God bless bless that man. I mean, he's just like the funnest dude to watch. Um, his mic ups are the best on NFL. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Give me George Kittle. I would watch, I would there, if I could pick people like that, I could, that, that just had their own 24 seven cameras you know matthew mcconaughey would be first matthew mcconaughey channel yeah 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 if there was a matthew mcconaughey channel i would put george kittle on you know that favorites list where i just want to see you know george go to the grocery store you know yeah just see what he's up to you know i I was genuinely i i wanted pat mahomes and the chiefs to win the super bowl um and when they came back i was really happy but i was also disappointed for kittle because he's so passionate I wanted to see him win. I wanted to see him run around like a crazy guy, pick people up, and just scream and be. Uh, I bet. I bet you NFL films would have made a great like you know five minute documentary of him just walking around being like siced. Yeah. You know. And so I, I am sad we missed out on that. I am a 49ers fan this year. Uh, I, I'm not. You know this. I quit the Washington football team a while ago, and I don't want to. You know, the other Washington, people called the, them the Washington football team for a long time. I didn't invent that, but. I did in print last year on your birthday, actually, uh, publish an article and call them that. So, you know, that's who they've been for a long time. And they've just been terrible. They've been terrible for such a long time. Um, we, we, we've seen that terribleness up front and in person. And, uh, you know, I don't want to lament it, but it, it definitely has colored the, uh, the way that we, we, we've seen uh, this whole process of, of football in this area. So... The Washington football team. The Washington football team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how about uh, we talk about the first bet of the season? My man yeah. right here put it. It's it's going here. It's going on. It's going on the YouTube. It's going on the periscopes. It's going all over the web. It's time to talk about how my man bet me. One G in the fantasy millionaires world that Calvin Ridley is going to have more fantasy points than one Julio Julio Jones. So it doesn't surprise me that he makes it early in your third round with all of that. Yeah, there's a lot of hype on Calvin Ridley this this year. I'm not going to pretend like I invented it. He is sizzling right now, uh, moving up the draft boards as we speak. I was getting him in the fifth, sixth round of some of these startup dynasty leagues. I felt like I was robbing banks uh, at the time. I'm not going to lie. I was so pleased to get him again and again and again. I think he's my most uh, popular wide receiver. I have him over 50% of my teams uh, in dynasty leagues. So I also am in, in 23 leagues. Uh, but I, I do digress. Anyway, I, I think this year... Calvin Ridley has an opportunity, and the reason he has an opportunity is not because he's a better wide receiver than Julio Jones. It's because Julio Jones draws double teams and triple teams, and he's still going to draw them, and he should draw them, because if you do not double team him or triple team him or have a safety follow him around, he's going to run amok on whoever is covering him, no matter what. It doesn't matter. He, no one can guard him one-on-one. There's just You're not going to do it. And so that creates space. 
and and uh, as a as a stu as a studier of the game, uh, uh, you know, a student of the game, uh, space is what you're always trying to create. You're trying to create mismatches. You're trying to create space. No one can uh, can cover Calvin Ridley. Like yeah, that's yeah. the thing too. You can't cover Calvin Ridley, and he and he's got a chip on his shoulder this year. Uh, and he didn't have a picture with his shirt off, but he had a picture where he said, "I'm elite." You don't think I'm gonna get a thousand yards this year? I'm gonna show you, son. Yeah. And uh, yeah. put some respect on my name. Uh, and I tweeted back to him. I was like, "Man, you you've been one of my top picks all year. You're gonna be Julio, you know." So I, I love Julio, by the way, too, man. That that's my cat. No, no, no. That's cool. It's cool. You gotta you gotta you gotta do the fantasy role. You can't you can't take Julio out. You can't put Calvin Ridley in the first round. But uh, it's I about think, the value you get yeah, from Calvin Ridley. He yeah, yeah, has yeah. The potential. Yeah. And he fits into my wide receiver two theory as well. It's uh -huh. the value is, is is digressing as we speak because Calvin Ridley is blowing up. But the the value I was getting him earlier and people were getting him earlier. That's a wide wide receiver two who has wide receiver one potential in a top five offense with a quarterback who might throw the ball five thousand yards this year. So uh, I can see Calvin Ridley getting thirteen hundred, twelve hundred yards uh, and just running for the end zone. He is unguardable deep downfield. Uh, and I love him. I love him with my whole heart. And uh, I'm going to pick him on every team I have uh, for uh, redraft this year. And now everyone knows, just know I'm going to take him in the third round if I need to. Let me tell you who I'm disrespecting, dude. Okay. Tell me. Nick Chubb. I saw that. You know, I, I, uh, that was one I had. I put him in the late second round. Uh, and I see that you have him in the kind of the, the back end of the, the third round, you know, in the middle. Yeah. But here's the thing, is that when Kareem Hunt came back, his touches went down. His receptions went down. He, he did not have the same oomph to his bump. Now, Stefanski, who was the Dalvin Cook, you know, constructor of the offense, you know, in, in Minneapolis, in the, sorry, Minnesota uh, last year, he's going to run the ball a lot. So you're going to get a lot of volume with Chubb. But – Hunt is lingering, and I think Hunt is a great value later on in the draft. And so, yeah, Chubb's not what he was last year, where I picked him in the second, and he was a top, you know, eight back. Um, Bo says you should get a room with Calvin Ridley. Just FYI, I kind of tell agree. My, tell him I would. Tell Bo I would if I could, and I might try to bribe him with hot sauce. You know, down in the hot Atlanta, they love hot sauce. I, that's something I've I've watched on the TVs. So I might just have to reach out to him and on the Twitters and say, Calvin, I love you, man. Uh, I want to send you some hot sauce. Tell me where I can send this to your PR rep, whatever. You know, quarantine this bottle of of hot box, hot box batch, hot I, sauce. I don't oh, want to get a room. I don't want to get a room with Calvin, but like I would like to get a, like a concert with him or something like that. You know, you, I think that'd be a lot of fun. The back car. I mean, you definitely after that concert, if he, you know. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind just sitting down and going to Checkers with that guy. You know what I mean? Just getting wow. some curly fries. Some curly fries. Yeah. So I like I like him a lot. I will say with Chubb, um, I did the math and he dropped five points, something like that, in our league after Kareem Hunt came back. And I didn't even include week 17. He, he had six points. I think it's seven points if you do the math. Um, that's scary to me. You know what I mean? It, do, it doesn't mean that Nick Chubb. So I put him as a tier two. So, so one of the things I wanted to say about him is that it, if you've got a solid RB1, 
yeah, grab that dude, you know, because he's gonna he's still gonna have games where he gets you thirty points. You know, he's right. gonna have games where he just he gets he goes ham. and yeah. hundred and seventy yards. Yeah, for sure. Fifty yard sure. to the house, of course. He's gonna have those games, but he's also gonna have those games where you're just like, dude, he, he got eight points today or something like that. You know, it was a Kareem Hunt day. So I think he's somebody that you can grab, but just make sure you got a strong RB one. Um, yeah. And man, as you can see, dude, I did the same thing with Aaron Jones. Man, like they're they're to me, it's the same situation. You know, we don't know exactly how AJ Dillon is going to get used by Lafleur, but um, he's a monster. We know that. I, we know he's six feet. We know he's two hundred fifty pounds, and we know he runs a four five forty. That's he what runs we do fast, know. Faster than than Derrick Henry, dude. Exactly. More than Derrick Henry. He's he, not as tall. Aaron Jones, tall. to me, I'm so psyched to watch people draft him. Like, I don't. He's somebody that I don't want to draft. Like, I'm not I, gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm Zapatico. I have him ranked there, but I'm not. I, I pass on him yeah. so many yeah. drafts. Yeah. And picked a wide receiver in that spot where he was in the third round. I, but you know, if you need a running back, and uh, you know Chubb and Aaron Jones are there. In the, and you have to get a running back, and that's what your strategy is, then, yeah, he's they're he, not terrible picks, but I'm not going to be reaching for him. He's not going to have 1,500-plus scrimmage yards and 19 touchdowns again this season. That's just not going to happen. Cool. So, I mean, you know. Maybe 1,511. I just see A.J. Dillon coming in and yeah big time dude he's still gonna get he's still great in ppr that's why i have him as a third round guy you know um but yeah i'm i'm not really looking to take him so um no No, you know one one thing that did stand out to me about your running backs uh i noticed that you you did have a mix of guys who had a lot of volume uh, but then also guys who had PPR upside. And I think you touched on it a little bit earlier, but in these picks, you have to have those dual threats that are going to do both for you. Uh, if, if you don't in these rounds, you're just going to be losing value. If your guy gets pulled off the field because he can't catch the ball, uh, you know, that, that's that's a little bit of an issue. Aaron Jones does not have that issue, by the way. He, he had bazillions of targets last year. He was the second most targeted player on the team after Devonta Adams. So, uh, I just don't think it's going to be the exact same this year, but Funches opted out. Lazard's number two. Uh, you know, Allison left to go to Detroit. They got, M- you know, about as Scantling is still there. I, I don't know. You, you, you're an Aquinius St. James guy. I don't know any of these guys back in the back end of this thing. So, yeah, Aaron Jones is going to do well. He's just not going to be and, – and, and you can't be. You can't be last year. You can't chase last year. That's the thing about all these guys is that you have to adjust your ranks to this year. Yeah. If we're playing last year, yeah, pick pick him right away in that second round. Yeah, I'm passing on him myself. Um, the, the thing is, is he's, again, so as a tier two, he's somebody that I think you got to pair with a strong RB1. Um, uh, Chubb, you got to pair with a strong RB1. I put Chris Carson in the tier two. And part of the reason why – I love Chris Carson. If he hadn't had a hip fracture – I know. I love oh, him. I can't do it, he's man. So that hip solid. He's so me. solid. He's so It does scare me a little bit. Um, but if <sighs> if you're if he plays how he's been playing, then 
he's going to get another hip fracture. <laughs> wow. He's a bull. Man, he is an animal. I love him. I had him last year in our League of Wreck. He, he crushes dudes. He gets to the second level, he lowers his pads, and he plays ferocious. I love it. He's great. But, yeah. I think, I think Carson is out of the tier two guys, the guy that you can um, – you don't – you compare him with – like if you took a wide receiver in the first round, then Chris Carson is that nice, safe, you know, 275-point back uh, that, you know, that's like his floor basically, yeah. you know. Well, he does catch. That's the cool part about him. He catches the ball. Yeah. His floor is like 275, but his ceiling's like 285. You know well, what I mean? Well, here's the thing. If he, he's a guy. If I draft, I'm not handcuffing him because I don't believe in that. And JJ Zacharyson told me not to believe in it, and I, I believe him. So, uh, but you know, the, the the study on handcuffing does not bode well for value. You can get other guys in, in your league who are going to have higher upside than a, a cuff. So, uh, with that being said. There is uh, injury watches on your guys. If you have a guy who has a previous injury, you should already know their backup. You should know if they're being drafted, where their ADP is, if they are being drafted. Uh, and then also maybe who's in line to get the touches if your player does get hurt. So I think all of this you know, portends to, to disaster if you don't have a backup backup plan for all of your all of your players and where you're going to go and try to find that value uh, if your players do get injured, which do ha- does happen, especially this year with covid uh, you know, I, we, we have expanded our, our IR slots to four. I, we, we talked about it on Twitter uh, a couple months ago and weeks ago and days ago. And right now, we've been just having the conversation about how your league is going to handle this. And if we do have a full season, you need to have those spots uh, and you need to be flexible. And I, I, I heard someone say, you know, more than ever, it's going to be a Sunday morning, uh, you know, champion this year. The guy who is ready to go on that Sunday uh, and which that, that really bodes well for me because this is my church. You know, this is where I come to pray to the Lord. Uh, you know, I, I give him glory through watching men tackle each other. Uh, it is good. And uh, I'm grateful good. that I have it. So it is it is it is a, a, a great thing in this modern world that we live in. And I'm so glad that there's going to be a season. I already got a side bet in one league. Somebody bet me that the season wasn't going to start on time. I said 50 bones on that, bro. There's going to be. There's going to be, I think, full season, and I think because the NFL has just – it's just next man up. They'll get through it, but it's going to be wild. Um, one of the I, other I would, things I wanted to talk about real quick um, is just, again, where I have, for me, you know, things – these first three rounds, you know, you're just picking studs again. So it's not that hard to make the arguments here. You know, I went a little ahead on certain players like Fournette and Gurley and Eckler. But these are all guys that are, you know, uh, I, you know I, I've always found that I win fantasy football by taking somebody that goes in round four and round two. Because if, if, if you guess right, because right. Uh, if they end up being, you know, over that 300-point threshold, you know, you, you you've got the uh, you've got the arm of Voltron there. So one of the things that I wanted to mention again for me in these first three rounds is I have 18 running backs in the first three rounds. So you can see I'm not a I'm not a big zero RB guy. I can see places for it, but I think the uh, the shelf drops pretty fast after these yeah. rounds. So I have 18 RBs, 
and I only have 14 wide receivers. And the, the, the reason for that is the variance, you yeah. know, at the position, if you've got somebody that's going to get you four points more than, than your opponent per game, uh, you know, the, that's the thing with wide receivers. You can get guys late that are in that 15 point range. Um, and you can scoop them up and you could build a nice set of four wide receivers or right around 15 points a game. Um, we both had two QBs in the first three rounds. Um, Jesse put Lamar in the first. I put him back to back in the second because I think it's a toss up. And uh, we both have the, the two tight ends. You want to you want to bet on uh, Kelsey versus Kittle? I do. You one, know, I do, bro. One G. A G. Mark it up. So we've done three bets. Yeah, this, we've this. done some bets, bro. I'm gonna, I like bets. it. This is a just just so you in case you don't know, we like to bet. We're gonna do a live uh, show, one of our shows, hopefully from a casino this year uh, yeah. in Charlestown. We gotta you know build some relationships first. Not gonna make any promises, but it's a goal of the show to do one of our broadcasts down there this year for you know some gambling. We like to throw the dice. We like to throw the the cards. We also like to to pick winners. And, I don't know uh, if I'm throwing any dice, bro. I don't know. I've heard I've heard that the casinos are doing a lot of stuff, but man, I'm just gonna go in there and bet games, bet outcomes. Yes, I, I'm just saying we we do like to do lots of lots of gambling. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's it's a we fun play, fun. I mean, thing. I took took like a hundred bucks off you guys in poker a couple months ago, about a month ago. So you know, I'm not. Let's not pretend. I think you I know, broke not, even. You didn't take my money. No, you won. You actually you got you got some cash, but yeah, I was right around even. It wasn't like a great night. No, that's fine. So um, that's 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 the first couple rounds for us, and I think that you're gonna find with everybody there's there's variance and people have their reasons. I think when you look at your players, you need to know who you want in those rounds, and then figure out how you're gonna build your team. And I do think this year it, it, there is an argument to go RB RB. Uh, wide receiver, and then maybe even back to RB before you go into the other, you know, wide receiver positions. There's going to be value later, like you said, for wide receivers um, that that you need to kind of mine. And we'll get into that in wide receiver two theory later on in, in the in the coming weeks to that, to find those guys that you can scoop, like you said. Let me let me before we get into three tweets. Let me just I see Juju Smith Schuster makes your third round, and I want to talk about. AJ Brown before we get into three tweets because that's another guy that I'm I'm moving up the draft board for me. I, I'm I'm a big believer in yeah. AJ Brown. I say why 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 wait? See, my whole thing is why wait on your you know why wait? You know if he's a fourth round guy and he's gonna be a second round guy next year, get him in the third round. Get him in the third round. Um, so I'm I, I've bumped him. So you're anti-value-based drafting. You're you're uh, upside drafting, which I uh, like. It's it's fine, but it, I think, it's, you're I think, more targeting the, the the ceilings, not looking at the floor as much. I think you have to. Um, I think you have to, in order to win, get you you it you know. So in the first three rounds, um, you have a little bit of of flexibility, and you can go a little bit earlier. Um, and that's, that's the thing is that if he ends up being the same guy he was last year, uh, which I don't see why he's not, uh, I will bet you next year we're talking about him as a second round guy. So, um, I, I'm, I've bumped him. He, I think he's fourth round. It's not like I took him, 
you know, way early. But I, I he's somebody if you're listening to this show and you're you're, you know, evaluating who is this dude? Who's this dude on the fancy millionaires? I say pick AJ Brown. Pick that dude. Get him on your team. So and I want to hear why you got my boy blocking wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster. I ain't going near that dude. I'm head, I'm picking him in like the fifth round, dude. I'm too scared. I want to hear your arguments. Well, I, I think you should also give the backstory that I had him the first two years, uh, and he was great for me. And then last year I passed on him, and then you scooped him up right after me, and that kind of like nosedived your your four peat attempt, you know, which does go back to the theory that if you're you don't nail those first couple picks. It's hard to win. It is. Uh, it is hard to win. You still made the playoffs. You know, you still did a really good job. But it's hard to bring it home, you know, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I, he, here's what I'll do. I'm, I'm going to pull up uh, Pittsburgh's uh, kind of the, what, the, what they're working with right now uh, and share it on the, the, the YouTuber. So if you're on the Fancy Millionaires YouTube, thank you, the one person who's watching. I don't know who you are, but God bless your soul. Um but I'm going to pull up their offense. I'm just going to go over the numbers that I have for him. And I don't think they're outrageous this year. You know, I looked at Mike Tomlin's offense, uh, according to this tool, for the last couple of years. And and here are his his splits. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, 2018, he had his quarterback threw it 689 times. That's an insane amount of times. He ran uh, 1,034 plays. Last year was a broken season. Roethlisberger hurt. You know, so the data doesn't isn't great. You know, but. And last year, he threw the ball 510 times, and he ran it about 400 times. And so they didn't have as much output. They didn't have as as, as many you know rushes and carries. So this year, in my tool, I gave uh, Big Ben about 575. Uh, now it could be less. It could be a little bit less. Uh, of that, when looking at the wide receivers, you know, I went down. I gave Juju Smith-Schuster 25 percent. It's about nine targets a game. You know, maybe that's a little bit high. I don't. I'm, I'm you know maybe he gets seven or eight. You know, in that range, but that still gives him 144 targets. That's still a bunch. You know, and at his clip, he he catches the ball at 67% rate in this tool. Uh, it still gets him, you know, uh, 1,200 yards. So I don't think, you know, I I don't know if he's going to hit that mark. I think that's kind of like the the best that he could do in this scenario. It's not the 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 floor. It's the it's it's not the um it's just, it's definitely the, ce the ceiling for him, not the floor. But uh. I, I like my guy Deontay Johnson later on. I actually have him for the same amount of touchdowns as Juju. He's going to get less targets this year. Um, I have him at 115 targets this year and 77 receptions. But you can get him in the ninth, 10th, you know, way later uh, compared to Juju. But I, I think Juju will bounce back. I think he'll be better. And, and at, at the third round, maybe he's not a great value. Um, and maybe he's not something I'm targeting in the third round. But – I do think he does have a solid season this year, uh, and he he's he didn't have a shirt off picture, but he had a, a big apologetic Twitter thing that he put out too, just apologizing to his fans and to everybody who's team Juju about his poor performances last year. So you know, he's a young man who is a lot of fun and brings a lot of energy to the team and brings a lot of you know, you know that AB thing, man. I think set him back too. AB was his mentor, he was his buddy on the team, and then he just crushed him, you know. Uh, so I think Juju was, was kind of a little bit lost last year, and he got hurt, and it's, it's hard to, to be consistent. So I think he does bounce back. Uh, he's not going to be on most of my teams this year, but he's he's not going to be terrible. He's not going to be uh, you know ruining your team like he did last year. You think he's going to bounce back from from 
142 catches and 552 receiving yards and 71 targets. Yeah, I, I bet you he'll bounce back a little, that's for sure. But I think w- one of the reasons why what happened last year, he had 552 yards receiving. I think one of them was like a 90-yard reception because I, I had him on my team and he broke one to the house last year. So I think that he's the best blocking wide receiver in the league. And they learned that last year and he's going to keep doing that because they almost, they almost made the playoffs with that horrible set of quarterback quarterbacks they had last year. I just, I just, I'm scared of him. So I, I'm, he was 64, he he was 64th. Last year in our league, he was 64th. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Well, remember, new year. New year. New year and, and Roethlisberger's back. So, it is – I can see, you know, I'll take him, but I'm not taking him in the third round. So, Okay. Well, you know, I love how we we're supposed to keep this under an hour and we're already hemorrhaging at the 68-minute mark. But it's okay because we're ready for three tweets. Three tweets, bro. It's three tweets time. Yeah. Time for some – I, uh, I have my, should I pull yours up? Let me no Get yours. Let me wait. Hold on. Let me go to go mine real mine. quick. I, I didn't even send it to you. So let me go ahead and get oh. it. Yeah. Get that. Hook that I, up. Yo. I already it sent up. it to you another time because it was such a good tweet. And then I was like, dang it. I should have, shouldn't have sent it, but. Oh, are you lamenting a a, a, a scent that you already? I like sent? to I like to surprise. You know what I mean? Like I like oh. I like to I like to give you the joy of a first a first read during three tweets. Okay, so you you've shown me this before, so that kind of devalues it in your mind, is what you're saying. It's it doesn't it doesn't get the freshness that that uh-huh. we're you know we like to get. You know, okay. I like I like it when I just can come at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's see here. Well, no, I'm going to bring the freshness. My, mine is, is super fresh. Uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna, um, we're, we're close to it. I thought, oh yeah, here we go. Okay. All right. I'm going to rewind that. So let me know when you have the video up. The video is of uh, two guys on a beach uh, with chainsaws. That's what we're looking at right now if you're listening to the podcast. You're not going to believe where this is either. Uh, this is in Toronto. Hold on. All right. I hate how you ready? Almost. Almost. Uh, we, maybe we should turn down our volume a little bit because – there's chainsaws involved in this. So I, I'm putting oh, my really? volume at half on Twitter just so you know where I'm at because chainsaws, bro. Chainsaws. Chainsaws. Let me know when you're ready to roll. All right. Yeah, let me turn my volume down a little bit. Okay. A three, a two, a one, a go. You 
crazy guys in Toronto uh, who just happened to show up uh, at local ch- with chainsaws. They're just at a so party? Imagine you and your Canuck buddies are out at, at, at a little beach lake in Toronto gonna, you know, I don't know, drink some brews, some Molson's and, and go out on the lake and then two, it looked like they, they might have been Hispanic guys, I couldn't tell uh, what their nationality was, but they were cussing, they were tatted up, no shirts, and they had chainsaws. <laughs> they were just advancing, cussing and advancing, and the people were scattering. So I, I found that very amusing today. Uh, and that, if, if that happened to me at a beach, it would be memorable for sure. So That is memorable. I'm going to give you that. That's a strong, that's a strong weird tweet off the interwebs, and that's what, we, that's what we're looking for oh, here. Weird. Totally weird. Yeah, very weird. Uh, Super. This was was one of my faves. Um, So I just sent it to you. Okay. It's in your DMs. It's not a video. It's just a great tweet. All right, I'm pulling it up right now. I can read it. Yeah, how does it start? It says, one time... I saw a taping of Ellen, and the intern got Ellen the wrong kind of coffee. So security took the intern outside, and then we heard a gunshot, but Ellen said it was unrelated. I don't know what's going on with Ellen, but... (laughs) Ellen's scary, man. Who would have known? What is going on with Ellen? I don't even know everything. Do you know everything? I, you know, I heard uh, some podcasts talking about it. I don't want to get sued by anybody, you know, um, but <laughs> yeah. it sounds like there was systemic alleg- – the allegations are that there is systemic uh, abuse of power and mistreatment of people, maybe at times sexual, maybe at times just very disrespectful and uh, dehumanizing. I, I think one thing we're all at, at a crossroads now in, in humanity is we need to be, treat each other with respect. And if we, if we don't, people kind of are upset and fed up. So it seems like there was a lot of kind of, you know. Oh, hold on, brother. Wait a sec. What's going on? All right, we're back. I'm going to have to keep it on the screen. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, okay. well, the times, they are changing. That's for sure. Um, I just... I just thought that was, I don't even, I haven't been following all of it, but that one made me LOL. So uh, like I'm going to give, I'm going to give you the, the winner for your chainsaw one. Uh, do you have a, do you have the third tweet being the winner of the week? You know, I, I do, uh, I sent it to you in your DMs and okay. it, so it really wasn't a tweet. It was a picture, Okay. but I uh, pulled that picture from JJ Zacharyson in there, um, because, you know, here's the thing about the, the fantasy community that is pretty cool 
is oh, that we're all connected and uh, we care about each other. We love each other. We support each other. Um, I wouldn't be here without everybody else and their encouragement and their friendship and and, and their love and support, uh, particularly going through what I'm going through with my daughter. And so, you know, JJ sent me uh, in the in the mail today. Uh, it came. He DM'd me and said it, it just got there. <laughs> so I was like, man, that's awesome. You know, he's a he's a uh, um, he's like a little postal delivery man. Let me know that, that the UPS package has arrived. Um, but I'm pulling it up on my screen right now, and what he sent over was he's a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, by the way, and I think that should be noted in this. Uh, he his team just got eliminated from the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. Uh, he sent over to me uh, and for London an Ovechkin bobblehead or like a, a no a, a pop. So like a pop figure. It's not a bobblehead. Sorry. It's a, it's a pop figure. Um, and he sent a little note over, and I'm not going to read the note, but you know, it just was encouraging London. Uh, it was really nice, and I appreciated that. And so, you know, I think in this in this industry and in this process, we always want a chance to highlight people who uh, are doing well, especially with you know, in light of some of the jokes we made earlier today, um, where people are not making good choices, people are not treating each other right. Uh, I, I always look for opportunities to highlight when people are doing a great job, and you know, he's not somebody boast about that or anybody that and um you know i just i think he's a great guy there's a bunch of great guys out there um who are in this business and i'm excited man i'm excited to be a part of it i'm excited to do it with you i'm excited to be able to share my art and my love of fantasy football with everybody uh this year so i think that's it a little, little different and you know ending for for us this year, you know today than the normal uh and if you have a chance you know say a prayer for my daughter who's uh going through some things right now uh and uh, hopefully she can be home tomorrow so just pray that you know she gets back to us definitely definitely man uh to all the people out there that do prayers man definitely pray for jesse's daughter and uh that's really cool man i love that i love jj is a beast dude i'm gonna give i'm gonna give that i'm gonna get that that's equal to 10 i'm only gonna do three because we can't just keep doing that but yeah well that that is the jj zacharyson air horn yes. for this, this podcast so in, inside joke there uh but no he's awesome and uh and so are you good sir and so is your beard let me just tell you i didn't i can't close out this episode my beard is long for this world my beard's going to be here until the super bowl or until my wife leaves me so uh whichever comes first Mike's beard could come or go depending on on how things turn out. I don't want to portend to evil, but it, his isn't the same as mine. It's, it's, it's a different game. Playing. Listen, I appreciate that. That that's uh, I, you I look. Love the- you look good. What did we just become best friends? Yep, we a did. Bit. A little bit. All right, sir. Well, to everybody watching online. Episode two in the books. Take our picks and win your league, dude. And uh, we'll have we'll have rounds three through four next week, and then um, and then we'll do probably six through eight, and then like sleepers because now you're just you know you're drafting. So you shake it once, it's okay. You keep shaking it. <laughs> Sometimes it just keeps dribbling. It does. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Peace.